Hello, I'm Scott Millis, senior pastor here at Living Word Family Church, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope that today's message encourages you and equips you in your walk with Christ. Here's today's message. Give you the briefest introduction. You know, when we had Jeff Canfield up here a few weeks ago, I felt like I had to share our mutual biography. Uh, uh, but uh, these two, I've known Bryce the longest, and we were trying to figure out when we met, and we determined it's probably somewhere between 10 and 20 years ago at camp uh, when I was involved with Summer Scream. He was there. I knew him and his, uh, his brothers uh, as well. And uh, have just we've stayed in contact, th- thanks mostly to social media, and I've just been impressed with the work they've been doing. We reached out. Most of you know it was our desire to have them in last fall, and we just weren't able to make it happen. But thank God they reached out and said, hey, look, we're still interested in coming. We've been working this out. I've been looking forward to this so long. So would you please uh, give a warm living word welcome from Chi Alpha at Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana, Bryce and Brittany Reed. Wow. Hello. Hey, I just want to start out by saying you guys are really hospitable. Thank you. Um, I've never had an opportunity to come and share, but like eat dinner with people before and then share after. I like that a lot. I feel like that should just be a thing because it was really nice to break the ice and just get to know people uh, firsthand. Um, I'm going to talk about us for like two minutes because we just want to tell you about what's happening at IU. So I'm Bryce. This is my lovely wife, Brittany. Uh, We'll be celebrating five years married in a few weeks. Yeah, (laughs) 10 years together. So we we both grew up uh, small town vibes, uh, Greentown, Indiana. I was connected, again, as as Pastor Scott said, through Summer Scream a long, long time ago. But we both grew up with a pretty traditional, like Pentecostal, charismatic ish background. And uh, from early on, uh, I think maybe Brittany more than me felt a a calling of some kind to ministry and uh, and not very specific. In the context we grew up in too, that really meant just like pastoring or being a youth pastor. That's what ministry meant. And uh, I wasn't really interested in that and Brittany wasn't either. Uh, Fast forward years and years later, you know, we're still kind of trying to keep our hearts open to, you know, God, what do you want to do? We want to do some kind of ministry, but we don't know what that looks like. So we both had a friend named Joe that we went to high school with. He graduates. He goes to Bloomington, Indiana, goes to IU, gets connected with a student ministry called Chi Alpha. He graduates college a few years later, and instead of moving back home to hang out with me, he stays in Bloomington and joins Chi Alpha as a staff member. I'm like, I didn't know you could do that. That's cool. And he's calling me up saying, hey, this is happening. Would you like to meet and talk with me about it? Um, I also need to raise monthly support. Would you support me? He's like, absolutely. And really, that's all we knew about Chi Alpha. But a few years later, you know, we got married, and we're still hanging on to, like, ministry. (laughs) What does that look like? Like, we're married now. We're in the marketplace and there's really nothing. There's nothing happening. We don't feel a, a draw or a pull towards anything specific. So we go down to Bloomington as innocent as possible to just visit our friend, Joe, that we went to high school with. And we end up just meeting a lot of students that he's connected with through Chi Alpha. We're hearing stories. We're hearing testimonies. We're seeing the community. Um, 
and something sticks with us in that moment. So we, we come back home, and we're talking, and it's Brittany, actually, who is not a risk taker, mind you. She looks at me and says, hey, so hypothetical, this is kind of crazy, but what if we quit our jobs and moved to Bloomington and did Chi Alpha with Joe? I'm like, you're right, that is crazy. Um, but it sounds interesting, and I've never thought of campus missions as ministry before, but why not? So one thing led to another. Another, I am bypassing a tremendous amount of detail for the sake of time, but eventually got to a place of like, this is happening. <laughs> like, I'm putting in my two weeks at my job. I'm telling my family we're support raising. This is crazy. And eventually that led to what is now three years that we've been serving in Chi Alpha, which has been amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wish we had time to share more. But so if you're not familiar, Chi Alpha technically is Greek for CA for Christ Ambassadors. So that's kind of where our name comes from. It definitely sounds like a sorority or fraternity. I will say that gets people interested at first, <laughs> but I don't think that was the intention. Um, so we're a branch of the Assemblies of God, if you guys were wondering. And I was shocked by this. There's over 300 Chi Alphas in America. Um, so we're definitely spreading and going to more. We're really focused on secular uh, university campuses. And our main focus is discipleship. So basically what Bryce and I do is we're both core group leaders. So I have a group of girls. He has a group of guys. For me this past year it was freshman girls, but he had a mix of ages. Um, and we're leading a core group. And I'm leading, we're both led with a student as well. But our focus is discipleship. So what we're doing is we're meeting with students throughout the week. Um, we call them one-on-ones or two-on-ones. It's like me and two other girls or whatever. And it's just a time where you can really dig into scripture. You can really dig into like, what are your doubts? What are things that you've just been wondering? I may or may not know the answer, but we'll figure it out together and just pursue the Lord and just point them to Jesus in every conversation that we have. Um, so that's our main focus, but we also do have like core group meetings and Thursday night services and hangouts, and we just do life with students. We're going to their, if they're in a sport, we're going to their games. If they're in music, we're going to their symphonies. And if this happens a lot, if they get a flat tire, we're showing up to fix it because their parents aren't there. Um, so we're just finding needs and meeting them and loving on students well. And I know this will ring a bell to a lot of you. But Matthew 28, 19 through 20 comes up, and it's our main scripture for tonight. Um, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always and to the end of the age. That sums up like what our heart is and what we're doing on campus is we're just discipling students, um, being obedient to Jesus' last commandment, um, and baptizing them. So... We actually have a video that Bryce is going to intro a little bit. Yes. So we're going to stop talking about us now, and we're going to talk about students, because I know that's what you want to hear. So we have uh, these really awesome end-of-the-year kind of recap videos that we do every year. So we're going to take this time. It's about 10 minutes and show you this. Uh, this is where we're at. So this is Indiana U University, Bloomington, Chi Alpha, all last year, two semesters. You're going to hear students talking as the video is playing. Uh, those are testimonies from students who got baptized last year. And at the end of the video, we get to see it. We get to watch them be baptized, which is incredible. It's, it's, I can't wait to watch it again. <laughs> I've already seen it several times. I want to watch it over and over. And then we're going to just share some stories with you, some testimonies with you. So uh, let's, let's enjoy that together.
I feel like for me, it can be easy to like feel disconnected from like a video like that because you don't know them. But it's unfair that I had to follow up that video because it makes me very emotional. <laughs> but every, the testimonies are about to share, like you saw their faces just now. And these are like, some of the girls in, on that video are like girls texting me today. And so, sorry. I just love them a lot and I'm really proud of them. Um, so we're gonna share some testimonies. Um, I didn't plan on this, but I just want to pray really quick. Um, Lord, we just give this time over to you. Um, thank you, Father, that our testimony is important. Every single person in this room, you want us to share our testimony and, and let it point towards you, Lord, and I know that these stories do. So, Lord, I just pray that we're encouraged um, and that we're motivated to action in whatever way that looks like in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So, let me get going because I want to share as much detail as I can. So I want to tell you about Kendall and Sarah. So they are some freshman girls that were in my group. But let me start off with Kendall. She, um, you know, like I said, freshman, brand new to campus. And something we do during Welcome Week, which is the week before classes start, is we table. So we just have some tables out. Um, a lot of times Christians will uh, go up to them more so than anyone else because they see our banner and see that we're a Christian fellowship. Um, and so Kendall's coming out of her dorm, runs into one. And she meets one of our staff members and is like, what is Chi Alpha? And I don't know if she thought it was a sorority or not. But um, she got to learn a little bit about it. And, and later I learned that she grew up calling herself a Christian, but she really didn't go to church, never opened her Bible, didn't know what it meant. She just knew that her mom told her she's a Christian. Um, and so when she heard what we were, she was pretty interested. <laughs> she's like, well, I've been told I'm this, but I don't really know what that means. Um, so yeah, I'll check it out. So she gets her contact information and that gets sent to me and my co-leader Taylor. And so we pick her up for dinner just to get to know her. We picked up another girl too. Um, and it went super well. She's so funny. <laughs> you could definitely tell she's straight out of high school, just with the level of maturity, um, that she was at, but we have a great time. So we're taking her home to her dorm and she's like, Hey, so I have something going on in my life, and I've asked a lot of people advice, and none of their advice has worked. I was wondering if I could ask you. I'm like, oh, we're getting started. We're doing discipleship already. How exciting. <laughs> um, so kind of long story short, she goes into this story of just typical high school drama. And I don't want to belittle that because it's very serious to her. It is her life. Um, but sometimes I don't know how to respond to it. But Basically, she shares this story of how she went to high school with this girl, and she hung out with her ex-boyfriend. Um, and so the, now this girl's mad at her for hanging out with her ex-boyfriend, and they don't know each other. They know of each other. They've never spoken. But there's this feud in these two friend groups that are really making them hate each other, these two girls that have never met. And so she finds out that this girl is going to IU as well. <laughs> and is going to be in the same program. She's like, oh, I use big, 46,000 students. There's no way I'll run into her. Well, she finds out they're in the same lab, <laughs> and that's only 30 people. And so now she's thinking, wow, this girl that I really don't like, and she really hates me, like, we could be lab partners. Like, that's not a far cry of a possibility. And so she's asking Taylor and I, like, what do I do? I don't know her. We hate each other. This is really awkward. <laughs> And so, honestly, it was kind of cool to sit back and listen to my co-leader speak to her because she was really sharing, like, the heart of God and reconciliation and how, like, this is a wonderful opportunity to love someone in a situation that wouldn't make sense to them. And so what can it look like to love her well? 
And so she really challenged her to like, hey, ask this girl out for coffee because you don't know each other. All you know is what your friends are saying. I'm sure there's a bunch of miscommunication. You should just meet with her and have a heart of reconciliation. I'm used to students not taking advice for a while, <laughs> if I'm being frank. Um, so this was about a Friday, I think. We split ways. The next Tuesday is the very first core group, just so you kind of know the timeline. So I find out later on that she actually does that. She reaches out to, to Sarah, Kendall does, and is like, hey, will you get coffee with me? <laughs> I just feel like there's things we need to communicate. And Sarah says yes, shockingly. And so they go to coffee. I don't know what all they said. Um, all I know is I'm in core group on Tuesday, and suddenly these two girls are walking in. And I know Kendall. I've met Kendall. And I'm like, oh, that's sweet. She must have invited her roommate or something. But what I find out is they go to coffee, they reconcile, realize there's so much miscommunication, they had nothing to be mad about, this is really silly. Then she asks Sarah, hey, could you give me a ride to this thing I'm going to? She's like, yeah, sure, I guess. So she takes Kendall, she's about to get out of the car. She's like, do you wanna come with me? I'm actually kinda nervous to go. And Sarah's like, well, where are you going? She's like, I don't know, it's called core group. <laughs> and they're Christians, and that's all she knows. <laughs> but, and she knew me and Taylor, I guess. And so Sarah was like, yeah, I guess I'll go because you're nervous. Um, and so they, she comes. And can I tell you, they're genuinely best friends now. And they hang out all the time. And there's some of our girls that have been the most, like, curious about God. They ask so many questions. And some of them, I'm like, wow, I never would have thought to ask that. Or, wow, that was such a simple question that you don't realize people don't know. Um, and so they're amazing. So they actually were two of the voices that you heard in that video because they actually got baptized towards the end of the semester. So I wish I could share more about their story, but they're so sweet. Um, and they're both chasing after the Lord. Uh, I want to share a couple of stories with you. Um, I'll start out with um, a friend of mine. And I am probably going to be a mess. I'm just letting you know beforehand. Um, this guy I'm about to talk about, he just graduated. So I miss him a lot already. Um, I'm sure I will see him again soon, but he's, he's moving on to the next chapter of life, which is incredible. But uh, my friend Evan. So I don't know if you guys knew this. There's a ton of international students at IU, uh, over 4,000 international students, and uh, hundreds and hundreds of countries represented. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, my context growing up was very white, and that was it. I grew up in a small town with very little diversity, so going somewhere like Bloomington is like, wow, this is so diverse. And then you talk to someone like uh, Ethan, who's Taiwanese, and he's like, wow, this is the whitest place I've ever been in my life. It's incredible. Like, wow, we very different perspectives on this. But uh, so Ethan, um, he goes from Taiwan and graduates. He goes to California for a year to learn English. That is his first exposure to English, only studies it for one year comes to IU as a freshman. Um, there's a lot of, so I think Brittany might have mentioned it, there's an event called Welcome Week, and it's the week before classes start at IU. And it really caters to freshmen. There's tons of freshmen that come in during Welcome Week, and they're just trying to get them acclimated to the campus. So, you know, um, Ethan is coming in as a freshman, and he is so desperately wanting to meet Americans. Uh, if I've learned anything in the three years I've been in Chi Alpha, international students, all they want is to meet Americans, be friends with them, and learn about culture. That's all they want. That is all they want. So that's the attitude he's coming in from Taiwan. He goes to an event, and uh, immediately there's, 
just a lot of barriers stopping him from participating. So they're trying to do an icebreaker event, right? Where it's like, hey, let's, there's like 4,000 students here. Let's do a rock, paper, scissors tournament. Just turn to the person next to you, play, and then you go on and on and on. Eventually there'll be two people left and it'll be super epic. Um, Ethan has never heard of this game before, rock, paper, scissors. He has no idea what it is. He also has only been speaking English for like a year and it's not fluent yet. So he turns to the group of freshman guys next to him, all American students, and is like, in very broken English, I don't know what this game is. I want to play. It sounds fun. Will you teach me how to play? And they laugh at him. They tease him. They make fun of him for not knowing what the game is. And they make fun of him for not being able to speak English well. Um, Ethan left the event immediately, embarrassed, ashamed, uh, very upset. And for the next two years, his freshman and sophomore year, he only spoke English when he absolutely had to. So I'm talking to professors and when he's in a group project. All the other times, it's like, I'm, I'm just going to lean on the Taiwanese students that are here. I'm going to retreat back into what I know. I don't want to talk to Americans. They're mean. They're hurtful. They don't have patience for me. They don't want to talk to me. They don't want to be my friend. That's two years of his life at IU. So eventually, his junior year, just so happens he has a class with a guy that's in my core group. And this guy, his name is John, uh, he's missional, meaning he's intentional with the people that are in his circles. He's very kind. He wants to share Jesus with people. He also just wants to show people love, <laughs> affection, compassion. So he invites Ethan over to his house to play poker, of all things. <laughs> Not the proudest moment for me as a core group leader, but... So he comes over, they start hanging out, they build trust with each other. Eventually the conversation comes up of like, hey, are you Christian? Like I'm in this group called Chi Alpha. Come to find out that Ethan, his mom is Christian, his dad is not. And it's like, yeah, I don't really know. I mean, I guess I am, I'm not really certain. John invites him into our community. So I meet Ethan at core group and I think he hates it because <laughs> he doesn't talk at all. He won't talk to me. He just looks really uncomfortable and awkward the whole time, which is totally fine. Uh, but I do convince him to get a meal with me a few days later, like, hey, I'd love to get to know you. Um, we get together and talk, and he's just like the funniest person I know. I love the guy. So we spend like two and a half hours together getting pizza. He's just sharing all this stuff with me. And from the beginning of his junior year to the end of his senior year, I want to just give you some contrast of the ways that he grew, the way that Jesus impacted his life. So when I met Ethan, he was terrified of his future absolutely terrified. He comes from a culture, Taiwanese culture, Asian culture, where performance is everything. And if you can't perform, nobody cares. If you're not at the top of your class, if you're not the one getting the best job, if you're not getting all the internships, if you're not getting into the best grad school, nobody cares. So be better than everybody else or nobody's going to care about you. That's where he was when I met him. Contrast years later, he's grown in Jesus and I remember having a conversation with him at the end of second semester. I'm like, so hey, how's the whole like grad school thing come in? Have you found a job? You know, the last time we talked, you were really stressed about it. And he's just like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, okay, like in a good way or a bad way. And it's just, uh, you know, I just really, like God brought me to IU. I know he did. He brought me here to meet you and to, to meet John and to grow in community with you. And I just believe he's going to take me somewhere else. Like, I trust him with my future. And I'm like, who are you? 
this is incredible the way you've grown. And I mean, it's not flippant, it's trust. It's God's going to take care of me. He's going to put me in the grad school that I need to be in, and I'm going to meet the right people, or he's going to give me the job that he wants me to take, and I'm going to meet the right people because he's done that before. I know he's going to do it again. Another way I saw him grow so much, um, again, this is another like an interesting Taiwanese culture. It's a parallel that we just kept seeing more and more as we talked. Um, you, in that culture, you respect what other people believe to a level that you don't challenge what they believe. And you can talk about like faith, like this is what I believe. Oh, that's what you, okay, that's cool. And that's the end of the conversation. There's not a lot of invitation of like, oh, you should get to know Jesus, he's amazing. It's almost considered offensive in a way to like push what you believe onto somebody else. Like we call that evangelism, like you're trying to share Jesus with someone. For him, it's like, I would never want to offend someone like that. I'm not going to superimpose my faith on somebody else. So he goes from this really timid, like, I don't even like telling people I'm a believer because I don't want to make them uncomfortable, to now he's asking me, like, when I go to grad school, he's going to go to grad school in Seattle, which is super exciting. When I go to grad school, I want to start a Bible study. Will you help me? Like, when I get there, he's in Taiwan right now, but when I move to Seattle, I'm going to call you and ask you all these questions and, like, teach me how to have a Bible study because I want to invite people I meet in grad school to come to this and I'll tell them about Jesus. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> Again, the incredible amount of growth that I've seen in his life. And I'm so excited for him. I'm really sad that he's graduating and moving on, but that's, that's the nature of what we do. You got four years. Uh, use it well. Discipleship, uh, like, focus. You got to love him well, challenge him well. Uh, there's another story I want to share with you uh, that's, that's very fresh. It's very recent. So, again, during Welcome Week, uh, me and another guy I work with, his name is Jeremy, we meet this guy on campus named Brent. Um, Brent is not your average college student because he's 28. He's pretty close to my age. So he was a military man. He joined the Marines after he graduated high school. He did a few tours, and now he's going to college. So he's very removed from the culture on the campus, very kind of weird and awkward for him to amalgamate to. But we meet him during Welcome Week, and immediately, like, we're inviting him into community. We want to get to know you. This is who we are. This is what we do. And uh, just very staunch atheist from the beginning, nah, I'm good. I'm not interested in that. Like, you know, my grandma was a Christian or whatever, and I went to church with her a few times when I was a kid. I, I'm really not interested in what you have to share with me. Um, there was one thing that we could get him to do with us. Uh, for some reason, he loves playing board games. <laughs> and that's the only thing that he would do with us was play board games. He didn't want to go to core group. He didn't want to go to church. He didn't want to meet and have lunch and like talk deeply about anything. But he's like, if you have a board game night, I'll show up and I'll have a good time. So it's like, all right, if that's the bridge, I'll take it. Like if that's the only thing you're going to give me to get to you, then we're going to play a lot of board games together this first semester that I know you. Uh, what I learned about Brent pretty early on is he's punctual which is not the common experience with college students. He's on time, and his definition of on time is like 15 to 30 minutes early. Most students are 15 to 30 minutes late. So a lot of times, I'm hosting these game nights at our apartment, and I say, hey, 7 o'clock. Everyone else is like, okay, I'll be there on time, 7.30. Uh, Brent is getting there at like 6.30. <laughs> He's like, where is everybody? Like, <laughs> dude, you don't get it. Like, they're not going to be here for like a half an hour. 
But the cool thing about that is it provided opportunities for us to have these spontaneous one-on-one -on -one conversations where he finally started talking to me about his life and sharing stuff that was going on and things that he had experienced. And it took a while for us to get there, but finally he started talking to me. And he's sharing about his upbringing, he's sharing about the military, and now he's talking about right now, like what's happening right now. So a few weeks of this, and finally, there's one night where he's talking to me, and he's like, I don't think I have any friends here. Like, I'm kind of having this realization that I don't have friends. Um, so he had this other group of guys that he was hanging around with, don't know how he met them, doesn't matter. You know, they're actual freshmen, sophomores, so they're 18, 19, 20 years old. And he came to this realization recently that they only like to hang out with me because I can buy them alcohol. <laughs> That's the only reason they're my friend. And I found this out, and I'm not doing it for them anymore. And they all just said, okay, see ya. We don't want to hang out with you then. Like, if you're not buying alcohol for us, why, why would we hang out with you? So he just lost the only community that, that he thought he had. And these guys that were just using him. He recently had this incredibly awkward I'm not even going to get into it, situation where he worked, where a coworker was just doing some very inappropriate things and making him very uncomfortable. So now he's like, I either quit or I have to file a complaint, and that's just going to be this whole thing that I don't want to deal with. And, and I'm just trying to very slowly like share who Jesus is with him, love on him, listen to him, invest in his life. Um, so maybe a week or two later, he texts Jeremy, my other friend that I work with, and it's like, I, we got to hang out. Like, I got to talk to you. I'm not okay right now. Um, and this is one of those, they happen more frequently than I, than I like. But they're kind of that low prodigal son moment, you know, when you're like eating the slop with the hogs kind of thing of like, what am I doing right now? What's happening? So he's having that moment of this is my life and it's not good. So he hangs out with Jeremy and it's, the conversation is basically, I hate my life. Help me. I hate it here. I don't have friends, I hate my job, school is really hard, I don't know what to do. And once again, it's another opportunity to share the gospel with him, tell him who Jesus is, and invite him, like, do you, do you want to, to, to do that? Do you want to follow him? Do you want to know him? It ends with a, I don't know, I'll let you know soon. Soon was the next day. Next day, he texts me and Jeremy both and asks if we can go get dinner. So... This is the first moment from start to finish that Brent will allow Jeremy and I to share the full story of who God is and talk about who Jesus is, his transformative power, his desire to know you, to love you, to be in your life. And he just takes it all in. And again, invitation of like, do you want that? Like, do you want to know who this man is? He wants to know you. And this time it was a, okay. <laughs> Sure. I mean, what else am I going to do? I mean, that, that's where we're at. Like, it's a desperation level of, like, I don't have anywhere else to go, and you've been here the whole time, and you haven't given me a reason to not trust you, so sure, we'll try this out. I'll, I'll give this Jesus that you keep telling me about a try. So he gets connected to core groups, services, two-on-ones. He's, he's at everything. I see him all the time. Can't get rid of him. And maybe a week or two later, he, uh, he calls Jeremy, and he's like, hey, I just wanted to let you know um, that I was praying last night like you taught me to, like you told me to. And um, I think that I heard God speak to me. And I think he told me that he loves me. 
I think he told me that he wants to know me and that I can trust you guys. Um, what do you think about that? <laughs> that's good. I think that's good. I think that's really good. Um, this was this moment of, and we just talked about this like a week ago, like our testimony of who Jesus was was enough to get him in close proximity to Jesus. But once he was there, he had his own realization of like, whoa, this is real. Like this is a real person you're talking about. And so far, everything you've told me about him is checking out. Like it's consistent with who he is and what he's saying to me. And uh, at the end of that phone call, he says, I think I, I think I want to get baptized. Like, I think I need to get, I think those were his words. I think I need to get baptized. <laughs> it's like, yes, we can do that. Let's do that as soon as possible. Um, and this is in one school year, guys, one school year. The change that I have seen happen in his life has been astronomical. So he's still in town right now where Brittany and I are kind of helping lead uh, we call it Summer Chi Alpha. And basically, any students who don't go home, who stay in Bloomington, we're still doing the same thing at a much smaller scale. He's there, and he's in small group. And he's like, he's like discipling guys that have grown up in church. And the things that he's saying, I'm like, <laughs> this is insane. The amount of change that has happened in such a short amount of time. Um, and I'm just so encouraged by it. This is an example of someone who does not have a church background at all who is coming in, and guess what? They don't want to know Jesus. <laughs> a big shocker, I know. And anything that we have to say about him, they don't really care about because they don't know us. But if we take the time to invest in friendship, relationship, we call it building bridges of love and trust, now my words mean something to you. And I've been telling you who this Jesus guy is for six months now, and you know me, you know my character. Finally, something's going to click and you're going to get close enough in proximity with him, you're going to have an encounter with him. That's his character. Like, that's a guarantee. If you get close enough to him, I know you're going to have an encounter with him. And guys, <laughs> it happened. <laughs> it's incredible. I just want to encourage you, like, that stuff is happening at IU. All right. I got one more. One more for you. Um, would love to hang out with you and share even more. So I'm going to share about ESMA. So basically, this is my first year in Chi Alpha, um, you know, outside of support raising, actually doing the work. And so I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> um, I'm in the campus missionary and training program, so I'm literally being trained on how to do it. And so this is the very beginning of second semester. Classes haven't even started yet. And I was meeting with a woman named Brooke, who's been in Chi Alpha for longer than me, and she was discipling me. Um, so we met weekly, and so we went to a local coffee shop, like we normally do, and there's this woman, like, sitting across from me in hijab and full, modest uh, garments, and you know, sometimes you just feel that little pull, and I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> what does this mean? Um, because I'm already a nervous, I was already nervous just being new at everything, but you know that moment where it's with a stranger, it just feels a little stressful sometimes. So I get my coffee, and I sit down, and me and Brooke start talking. She's asking me about um, my life and how I'm doing. And man, God just made this interaction really easy because she pulls out her headphones, and she's like, in broken English, she's like, hey, can I ask you a question? I'm like, yes, you can. Um, and then she asked if we we're students at IU, and we're like, no, but we're friends with a lot, so 
give us the question. We'll see if we know it. If we don't, maybe one of our friends do. She, I don't even remember the question. That's something to do with online classes. I don't think I, either of us knew the answer to it. <laughs> but um, then, like, the Lord was just so gracious in this moment because he really, like, discipled me through Brooke because she was having such a great conversation with her. So it kind of helped me know, like, what to do next time. So Brooke looks at her and she goes, hey, like, where are you from? What's your name? She says, I'm from Saudi Arabia. Um, my name's Esma. I'm changing her name for confidentiality. But... Um, and my husband and I just moved here. So this is second, beginning of second semester. She's like, I couldn't come first semester because Saudi Arabia wouldn't let us leave because of COVID. Um, so she had to start mid-year. She kept saying she was a freshman. She did not look like a freshman. She looked older. And then I later learned she was actually a grad, first-year grad student. She just didn't know the words for that. Um, so anyway, Brooke's like, wow, that's so amazing. What does your name mean? And I often forget how important the meaning of names are for other cultures. I know sometimes we care, but not to the level of intentionality that a lot of other cultures have when naming their children. And so um, she was trying to find the words, like similar to Ethan. Her, she was a little newer to English, a little further than Ethan, though. Um, she's like, well, the best I can explain it is like a parched, dry land being quenched with water. And Brooke was like, wow, that really reminds me of a story in the Bible. Do you know what the Bible is? And I'm sitting back, I'm like, she's really good at this. <laughs> um, she's like, no, I haven't, I've never heard of that before. Uh, so then Brooke goes on and, and explains who God is and what, why we're called Christians and who we are and what we believe. She explains that so she get to the point of what the Bible is. She couldn't really explain the Bible without that. Um, and Esma was like, oh, okay, that's really cool. And so the story that it reminded her of was the woman at the well. Um, and so she asked Esma, like, hey, do you want to read it? It's a pretty short story. We didn't read it to her because we felt like that'd be awkward. Um, she's like, yeah, actually, I'd, I'd be really interested. So Brooke gets her Bible out, um, and she reads it, and then she's done. And she's like, wow, that was really neat. It reminds me of my name as well. And so I asked her, I'm like, do you have any friends? This is my first time really entering the conversation. My first question was, do you have any friends? <laughs> and she's like, no, I don't at all. Actually, I lived here like a year and a half prior for a nine-month English-speaking program to learn English. And I prayed to my, she kept saying, I prayed to my God that I would make friends. And I didn't. And so I've been really nervous to come back. Um, and I was like, listen, I have so many friends. <laughs> like, I know other students um, that we could connect you with. I would love to hang out with you. Brooke would love to hang out with you. And she just starts bawling. And I don't always know what to do when people start crying, but it was really sweet. Um, and just again, just kept saying, like, I kept praying that I would, I would find God or find friends. And it's finally happening. I'm like, yay. <laughs> so I get her number um, and we ask her if we can pray for her. And she was, like, so excited that we asked her that. Um, and so we prayed for her, got her number. Uh, we split ways. And so we just started hanging out with her um, that year, me, Brooke, and another staff member, Jessica, because I learned that Esma was really 28. So she wasn't super connecting to my girls who were, like, freshmen in college. Um, also, she's Muslim from Saudi Arabia. So she very much, like, wasn't interested <laughs> until – she. God brought friends into her life. So now maybe she's a little interested. Um, and we learned, 
at least I learned, because it was my first time hanging out with an international student, that it's so easy to talk about the gospel. Like, it's so easy because you're learning about each other's cultures. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I do it this way. Like, one night we're talking about weddings. And so we got to explain, like, why we do certain things in weddings and why she does certain things in weddings. I'm like, this is the easiest sharing the gospel has ever felt. (laughs) And I was so scared to do this. I was so intimidated to meet someone of another faith. Um, and so through those conversations, like you could see a spark, Uh, she is married. And so her husband was very much not (laughs) feeling it. Um, so this is definitely a story of like, please be praying for her because she is still Muslim. She, she hasn't come to know Jesus yet, but I have so much hope. Um, and I'm definitely okay with it being in for the long haul. I remember one time it, we invited her to a cookout right before Easter and everyone's like, Oh, what are you doing for Easter weekend? Blah, blah, blah. And she looks at me and she goes, who is Easter? (laughs) Why is everyone going to see Easter? And I was like, Oh, (laughs) like there's just things we do and say that we don't even consider that someone else from another country may not have any idea what we're talking about. Um, so that was neat because then we got to sit and share the Easter story with her. Um, so I share that to say like, I don't know, international students, like they want friendship um, and it's so easy to share the gospel. So um, yeah, so God is moving on the secular college campus. He's reaching atheists, the youth group kids, the confused, the addicted, the depressed. Um, He's setting students free of their bondage and commissioning them to make disciples who make disciples. And I thought about this on the drive here. This year, I in my group had one girl completely set free of severe anxiety. Um, I had three girls baptized in water. I had two girls baptized in the Holy Spirit. I had one called to full-time missions when she graduates, and I have three girls becoming core group leaders next year. And that's one school year with freshman girls. (laughs) And not every year looks like that. You know, I had a couple years that were really rough. You're just trusting the Lord. So I'm not saying every year is this, you know, vibrant all the time. But, man, God is moving. And students are hungry to know him. Even the ones that don't realize what they're hungry for, they're searching. I think of Brent. Like, he's desperate for something. And we need people there in that desperation. So we wanted to share testimonies with you to give you a sense of encouragement, but also perspective that uh, God is doing something. In fact, more than something, he's doing lots of things in the lives of students, not just at IU. Uh, 300 campuses in the states that Chi Alpha is represented on. Thousands upon thousands of students being impacted. And I want to share an analogy with you of what this looks like. So we're, we're missionaries. Like our title is a campus missionary. And we live life like any missionary you've ever heard of or ever met. Uh, We can't do this without monthly support. Uh, Students don't pay me to be a core group leader for them. They don't pay me to invest in their life or be there for them. They don't have money. (laughs) But people who hear the testimony of what's happening and recognize the importance of presence of Christ-centered community on the campus, they're the ones who are sending us. So I want to share this this analogy that a fellow Chi Alpha missionary shared with me years ago, and it's just stuck with me ever since. Um, He was telling me that a person partnering financially with a missionary is similar to you have a pit that people are in, and some want to get out. Some are content with where they are. Uh, Some, the last thing they want to do is get out. But all the same, they're all in the pit. You have someone who God has implored please go down there and get them. I am asking you to lay down your life 
and get down in that pit and pull people out. And that person is saying, yes, I want to go. Send me. I'll, I'll do it. And then they look at their hands, and it's like, how? <laughs> I don't have the means. I don't have the tools to get down in that pit, so how do you want me to do this? And then you have that person that comes alongside them and says, here, I have a rope, and I'll, I'll hold you. Like, I'll be your anchor at the top of this so I can lower you down, and I've got you. I'm not letting go this rope. You can trust it, and I'm going to lower you down into this pit, and you grab a hold of somebody, and let's pull them out. And then we'll do it again, and we'll do it again, and we'll do it again. That's what partnering with missionaries looks like. We're the ones that God has said, go to IU, lay down your life, throw the careers to the side, get there, and reconcile as many students as you can. And I'm saying, I will do that, <laughs> absolutely. That's a yes from me. Uh, how am I going to do it? Show me how to get there. Where do I get the tools, Lord? And then he surrounds us with people who say, I've got a rope. I'll be your anchor. I can't, I can't go to the campus with you, but I can help you get there. And that's what monthly support looks like for us. So right now, uh, Brittany and I, of course, desperately want to get back on campus in August. Semester starts back up. Got, what, 10,000 freshmen coming in who are just the first person who talks to them. That's their new best friend. Like, they're looking for community. We want to be there, and we can't until we get where we need to be with our budget. So right now, Brittany and I are working to raise about 900-ish dollars in monthly support, which uh, perspective is basically nothing. I mean, that's a very, very small amount in comparison to what we've had to raise or what other missionaries have to raise. Um, if I could be so bold, an invitation to you, um, I mean, we could, like, get that done tonight in all reality. Like, nine, ten people, $100 a month, and we're done. Brittany and I can go back to Bloomington and we can focus on the students that are there in summer Chi Alpha and when August rolls around, full investment, trusting that God has provided what we need to be there. And those stu students are getting our full attention. Everything I have is going into it because I'm not worried about money because God has supplied my needs through people like you who believe in the mission of what we're doing. So that's our invitation to you. That's, that's our ask tonight. Uh, Brittany and I need monthly support. That's why we're here. We're so grateful for the opportunity to share with you, to give you a beacon of hope that uh, the secular campus is not going straight to hell. Like, God is doing stuff there through Chi Alpha, through Crew, through InterVarsity, through all these other student ministries, and you can be a part of that. You can help make these testimonies happen. Literally, every testimony you heard from the video that we shared with you, they all happen because people heard what God is doing at IU through Chi Alpha, and they said, uh, yeah, I got a rope. <laughs> I got you. Like, I'll be your anchor. Absolutely. I'll help you with that. So that's our invitation to you, and we just want to make a commitment to you as well. Um, one, that we, we work hard. Um, we put our lives into this. It's, it's everything to us. We want to be faithful to what God has asked us to do. And second, uh, we're going to tell you what's going on. Uh, we communicate well. We do monthly newsletters. We have a closed Facebook group. We like to visit in the summer and let you know what's up. So this is not a, uh, you're not going to see me for 10 years. <laughs> I hope I'm back next summer and I can share with you another five testimonies of look what God has done at IU this year, guys. Look what God is doing in this person's life. And, the, and I know their name and I know their face and I know where they were before. And I see where God has taken them now. So that's the invitation. Um, the cool thing is that we're going to be here in town for a couple days. And if you would like to hang out with us, get some coffee, 
get breakfast, get lunch, get dinner. We would love to spend some time with you and share more and hear about your life as well. That would be incredible. Um, we have a little table in the foyer that just has some pictures of students that we love, that we've poured our lives into. It's got some information about how to give. Um, I have a slide, too, that's got a QR code on it if you guys want to put that up. Um, there's two ways that you can partner with us, and it's incredibly easy to connect in either way. Uh, we have a QR code that's on that table back there that takes you directly to the AG website that has our account on it, and you can sign up in literally probably less than a minute and start supporting us monthly. There's also ways to do checks monthly that's incredibly easy. We'd love to walk you through that, but please connect with us. There's a sign-up sheet back there. Like, if, if you feel God doing anything in your soul right now in regards to the testimonies we're sharing, please come see us and say yes and partner with us. Help us, help us to continue to reach students at IU. Wow. It's just been such a joy to be here. You guys have been so sweet. And I know Bryce mentioned how hospitable you are, but I don't know. It's not every church you walk into and you just feel like everyone's excited to see you. And also, your worship team is really good. <laughs> Singers, you're sounding amazing. Sorry, those are all my thoughts that weren't in my notes. But um, yeah, I just want to close this out in prayer. But I had a thought. Would you mind raising your hand if you have a loved one in college right now? Okay, wow, you're all over here. Um, if we want to just stretch out some hands towards them, I'd love to just pray for those students. God, um, I have no idea the situation of these friends and family members, Lord, but we just lift them up to you. We lift these students up to you, God. If they don't know you, I pray that they come to know you, Father. I don't care if it happens in a college ministry or if it happens in a local church, Lord, but I pray that you are sending people to their loved ones, sending people to love them well, to invite them into community, to be a friend, like a real true friend, um, yeah, God, we just ask that you're moving in their lives, that you're bringing healing to their bodies, that you're bringing reconciliation to their relationships, Father, and that you're building their faith in college, Lord, that they're not just skimming by or they're not just running from you or maybe they never knew you, Father, but we just ask that you are moving and you're doing miracles in their lives, Lord. Just thank you, Father, that what you're doing, you're not just doing it at IU. You're doing it at a bunch of different colleges, Lord. Um, and we just thank you for that, Father, and we, we lift them up to you, Lord. And just thank you, Lord, for this time that Bryce and I could come and share. Father, I just thank you for the meal and all these lovely people. Um, we love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Huh? Hey, stand up for a second. Stretch it out. Get your wallet out while you're standing, I guess. That's an old, that's an old Rama trick right there. So what do you think? Want to throw him some rope or what? Praise and worship team, you're on the way up here, right? Yeah, I see you. wonder what all those people are moving around for. Praise God. You guys can be seated if you want. I just want to, I know you've been sitting a while. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for coming. You see why I was so excited? Didn't that, you know, I, don't, I was watching that video. That was from one, two semesters, one year of ministry. I counted over 30 baptisms there at the end, or at least right at 30. That's pretty, that's pretty good, you know, for uh, thinking about how the devil is controlling the secular universities and, and nobody's coming to Jesus or finding a, a place to hang on to their faith. Those are some wonderful stories. I'm so glad you guys are there. So glad you guys are passionate about what you're doing. Listen, we are. 
uh, at this time going to take up an offering for them. Uh, this is this is a this right here is a one shot deal. We want to bless them for t uh, taking the time to come here. Maybe get them over a few uh, uh, whatever gaps between here and the and the next semester of school. Uh, if you want to support them, uh, by all means, hang out, talk to them. If you if you hang out and talk to them to see what uh, what God would lead you to do, don't take what you would normally give to Living Word Family Church and say, well, I'll just take this much and give it to them. God won't bless that. Do you know why I know? Because I will pray a curse on you if you do that. <laughs> no, you do what God tells you to do. Uh, this, this is a ministry that's worthy uh, of investing in. Uh, and uh, again, I, I, just, I couldn't be more encouraged. I, I was excited a year ago about having them come in, and I'm even more excited now. So you seek the Lord about what he would have you to do now. You seek the Lord about what he would have you to do in the future. And uh, don't rush off. I think you guys are going to be hanging out at the table for a little bit and then maybe come back and we'll be fellowshipping down the hall. I know you guys are in no hurry to get away. And, and again, feel free to reach out to them later in the week. I, oh, if you need an envelope for this, raise your hand. Sorry, I should have done that first. You need an envelope for your, your gift right now? Raise your hand. The ushers will give you one. Go ahead and make your check out to Living Word Family Church. They get every penny of this offering. You guys know we don't play games like that. They'd just probably rather have one check from us, right, than 50 checks from individuals. So, all right. Are you ready to give again? Heavenly Father, thank you again for everything that you've accomplished tonight, everything you've spoken, this incredible encouragement. I thank you for this couple, and I just pray that you uh, continue to bless them, prosper them, keep them healthy, energetic, just new, uh, uh, just a fresh infusion of your energy and giftings to do, uh, fresh passion, even though there seems to be no lack of passion, that you would just infuse them with, uh, with a, a fresh dose of that, Lord, so that they can uh, continue uh, and, and dive into this next semester with fresh vision, fresh confidence, and uh, an appetite for a faith adventure. We just pray for open doors, pray for divine utterance, deposits of grace and truth into these students through this willing couple. And we thank you now, Lord, for the opportunity to sow into their ministry, to be a blessing to them, to send them down the road that you haven't called us to walk down, but you've certainly called us to be a part of prospering their journey and touching this generation. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, and thank you for your promise that as we give, it will be given to us, multiplied back to us, Father, so we can give again in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you give. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you enjoyed today's message, consider sharing it with a friend. For more content and information about Living Word, check out our website, at livingwordfamily.org. And remember to live the gospel and preach the gospel.